0: We on that haunted grass Spooksters, and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Jessica, and as always, I'm joined by my favorite gal pal, Tara. Hey, Spooksters. Today is another patron select, which was requested by Brittany, and we will be talking about the serial killer, Richard Bainwald. I'm going to call him Richard for the most of it because I don't want to deal with that last name. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but, okay, let's get down into it. Richard Fran Bainwald was born August 24th in Staten Island, New York. Richard's childhood was very rough as he was beaten frequently by his alcoholic father, Alfred Bainwald. This caused Richard to act out when he was really young, like very young, like age five when he set his house on fire. (gasps) What the fuck? Right. Oh, my God. Like your kid is turning nine, subtract four years. (laughs) Uh... Your kid set the house on fire. You'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, so this landed him in the Rockland County Psychiatric Center for Observation, which I couldn't, okay, I'm going to caveat this, guys. This is one of those stories that, like, when you start researching it, you get the same info over and over again. Some people write it really well, and it's very fluffed out, and then others, it's just like, this is his life. I tried (laughs) So, yeah. So the destructive behavior would continue. And by age eight, Richard would be drinking and gambling. Wow! Now, I want to preface, this is not 1840 that he was born. This was 1940. So this was like not a normal occurrence. You know, which I hope in the 1840s that wasn't a normal occurrence. This behavior would, again, lead him to another psychiatric hospital stay, this time at New York's Bellevue Hospital. And by, like, age nine, he would start getting, like, electroshock therapy, Mm. which we know doesn't work. Makes people a little more wired. Mm -hmm. So after he left this hospital, they weren't like, you can go back into society. He actually had to go to like a specific school and it was a state training school for boys. And it was in Warwick, New York. And he was a little shit there. Let's just be honest. He would steal stuff. One of my favorite things that he would do is he would convince other students to try to run away. (gasps) And so they would run away and then they would get in trouble. And then they would in turn be like, well, Richard told me to do it. So Richard would get in trouble. Mm. He also would be allowed to go home on, like, visits to his parents' house. And I think at this point, his mom had, like, kicked Alfred to the curb. By the way, his mom's name is Sally. But when he would go home to his mother's house, he would steal money from her, (gasps) which I didn't get the impression that they had a lot. Mm, That's terrible. Right. His mental and criminal activities would continue. And at age 11, he would set himself on fire <gasps> to what? set his mother's house on fire. Oh, my God. Yeah. These are like huge red flags. Like this mm. this boy at 11 set himself on fire, which a lot of people were like, it's a form of suicide. And I'm like, that is not the suicide you want to take. Mm-mm. I mean, you shouldn't, asterisk, do not commit suicide. Yeah. As Barnon on TikTok says, you're not allowed to quit. But like, no, this is horrifying. And he's 11. Right. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. (sighs) So they didn't really do much. He just went back to school and he didn't like school at all. In fact, he took two extra years to graduate from eighth grade. Typically, you graduate eighth grade when you're like, what, 14? Mm -hmm. Just turned 14, I should say. He didn't graduate until he was 16. And he was only in high school about a month or so. And he decided to drop out. And he was like, I'm done The whole New York or New Jersey thing. Mm. I am going to go to Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, okay. So like big ass change of pace. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So he lived there for a couple years until he was about 18. Not much was known what he was doing. I'm assuming he was working because like otherwise, like how would he have eaten and whatnot. But at age of 18, Richard would steal a car and then he would be arrested for transporting said stolen car across state lines. He was arrested in Kentucky. And that made it a federal. Now, according to sources, he only served a little bit. Mm. He's eighteen, so the year has to be nineteen fifty-eight, mm-hmm. which is the year he moved back to Staten Island. So, literally, like no time. Mm. This is when Richard would begin his escalation of his crimes on December. <laughs> it was really vast. On December 18th, 1958, Richard would rob a grocery store with accomplice Frank Spotoff or Spurred Roft. They don't know. There was like, could possibly be this spelling or this spelling? <laughs> He stole another car and went to Bayonne, New Jersey and robbed the store. During the robbery, Richard shot and killed the owner, Stefan Sladovsky. Stefan was an attorney slash prosecutor. So that probably made people like really fucking pissed off because like not only was he a business owner, but he was like a prosecutor. So (sighs) shit. He probably knew people. Yeah. Well, at this point in time, after the robbery and murder happened, he took off and went on the run, but he didn't get too far and wasn't on the run for very long because he was captured a couple days later in Spalsbury, Maryland. He got into an incident with a police officer and there was a police officer shooting. Nobody died, but like there was an altercation with the firearms. Oh, God. He was then taken back or extradited to New Jersey where he was found guilty for the murder of Stephen and was given life with parole. Mm. So he had the opportunity mm-hmm. and that he would. In 1975, so 17 years later, he was released for good behavior. Oh, the God. Exceptions. Jesus. Right? once Richard was released, he was on parole. He was doing, like, odd jobs. He got married. He was just, like, doing his own thing. So it was about three-ish years. After that, he made a few bad moves. The first one is he failed to report to his parole officer for a check-in, which is kind of a big deal because, like, you're supposed to do that. Hmm. Also, about this time, he would be considered a suspect in a rape case. (gasps) And he would stay in the wind on the rape charges until 1980 when he was arrested in Brooklyn. So like three more years Mm -hmm. Wow! and he was released pretty quickly from those the charges were dismissed because the victim couldn't identify him in (sighs) a lineup so we don't actually know if he was the rapist yeah because he didn't admit it Mm -hmm. They, they didn't have any evidence like I said he got married and he and his wife moved to Ashbury Park New Jersey Richard and his wife began to settle into the neighborhood and they started to make friends and he became friends with a man by the name of Darren Fitzgerald Darren and Richard were like cool friends, you know, like the kind of friends who give you alibis. Mm. Or so it seemed. They had a normal friendship. Until January of 1983. So now we've moved three years into the future. It wasn't until January of 1983 that people would even know what the two were up to, especially Richard. On January 23rd, police surrounded Richard's home. And also at this point, like, I think from what I could kind of gather, some places were like he was still married. Some sources and others were like his wife had left him. But no matter what, Darren was living with him at the time. Hmm. Weird. I don't know. I mean... I know you would let me live with you. That's different. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, what the police did is they like pulled a ruse and like lured him outside onto the back porch where they then grabbed Richard and like brought him into custody. Mm -hmm. And he was like, shit. And Darren was in the house, but apparently their house had a secret room. What? Right. So Darren was like in the room and he had several weapons. And basically, I think Richard was like, he's in this room. Like, I think he kind of told. Mm-hmm. And detectives were like, uh, Darren, y- you need to come out like you need to come out of the room. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's like, no. <laughs> and then they just threatened to shoot through the wall. And he's like, I, I give up. Like, that was it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's not that cool that how they got arrested. However, when they searched the home, they found large caches of weapons and illegal <gasps> drugs. Mm. Yeah, police confiscated several pipe bombs, handguns, rifles, shotguns, a machine gun, Rohypnol, floral <sighs> hydrate, marijuana, a live puffer adder. What? Venom collecting apparatuses, floor plans of, like, several residents and businesses in the area. What the fuck? And <laughs> I, that's exactly what the police were. They were like, mm. there's a reason he's known as the thrill killer. Because, mm. like, mm-hmm. I don't even think it was so much that, like, I mean, he killed several people, but, like, it was more of, holy shit. Like, mm-hmm. if he had, like, not been caught. Mm. Yeah. So the two were arrested in connection with the murder of 18-year-old Anna Olesiewicz. She was shot four times in the head on August twenty eighth, nineteen eighty-two, after being lured away from the Ashbury Park boardwalk. Her body was found behind the Burger King in Ocean Township by children who were playing. And it was like they found the body in January. Mm. So like just a few days before they arrested. While Darren was being interviewed by detectives, he was like, okay, listen here. Richard's a killer. Like, I know this. And how I know this is he has showed me other bodies. And I can take you to where there's another body. Mm. So Darren was, like, not that loyal friend. <laughs> he turned state evidence real fucking quick. So he took them and, because, like I said, Richard had previously told him where he had hidden the body in a garage and then had reburied it. Darren told the police that he had helped Richard transport another body to his mother's house in Stanton Island and buried it in the basement. Mm. Darren went on to say that while he was digging in the basement, he exhumed a body that Richard had buried sometime before. Yeah, I know. I see your eyes. (laughs) Darren led the police to three other bodies in addition to the two buried in Staten Island. And I'm going to go through all the victims all at once and kind of talk about them. Okay. So when they were at Richard's mom's house, Sally, a news reporter like asked her like, oh my God, what do you think of this? What do you think happened? Like, did your son do this? And she replied, only God in heaven knows what he's done or the reason for it, she said. But he is still my son and I will care for him and visit him. I guess that's what they mean by a mother's love. What? I'm like, ma'am, your son is 52. Mm-hmm. You don't need to baby his ass. hmm As the investigation went on, the police located a ninth victim. His name was William Ward, and he was buried in a shallow grave in Neptune City, New Jersey. Ward was a prison escapee whom Richard had shot four or five times in the head and then disposed of the body at a cemetery nearby. <laughs> Police would only have enough evidence to charge Richard with five accounts of first degree murder. Darren turned state's evidence and his testimony was crucial to convicting Richard. In return for his testimony, Darren was only charged with one count of possession of a weapon and one count of accessory to murder after the fact and served a 10 year prison sentence. Darren was released from the New Jersey State Prison in 1994. Now, before we move on, I want to talk about this for a second because it's like, do you think that Darren was part of the murders or just like? a body mover i don't know but either way i'm just like 10 years that's not that long like what the fuck no and i think it was so less because he turned states evidence yeah i think it was a deal you know because otherwise they were not gonna get him for very much Mm -hmm. anyway any hoodles a Monmouth County jury found Richard guilty of all five counts of first-degree murder, and he was sentenced to death by lethal injection, but the sentence would later be overturned by an appellate court. Richard's first sentence was overturned in 1989. A new jury again sentenced him to death. The case became a flashpoint for controversy over the death penalty, and he made his case to the Supreme Court. In August of 1991, the sentence was again overturned, and Richard was tucked away in New Jersey State Prison to rot away. And that he did. Until his death, he was serving four life sentences without the possibility of parole in the New Jersey State Prison. Richard died on March tenth, two 2008 at the St. Francis Medical Center in Trenton, New Jersey, from a combination of respiratory failure and kidney failure. Mm. So... You know, sometimes when we're like, I really hope it was painful. I feel like that was that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so his known victims, before we kind of end this episode, we'll talk about the victims that they found and who they were. Okay, so we know his first victim was Stephen Sawadsky, who he shot in the robbery attempt in 1958. Now, a lot of people are like, he had a huge spree from 1958 to 1983. I'm like, no, he was locked up for 17 years. He wasn't Mm -hmm. killing all that time. He really only killed for like Mm -hmm. six years with an addendum at the beginning. However, I think if he hadn't gotten caught, for sure... Okay, so his second victim was John Patron, who was an informant for the police. And he was shot in June of 1978 and was abandoned at an airport in Flemington, New Jersey. His next victim would be Marie Chalala. She was shot and dismembered. Basically on Halloween of 1981, she left her house. She was said to be bright athletic student and she told her dad she was gonna come out and be home around midnight. And so at around midnight, she started walking home along route 88 and actually a patrolman who was out on a radio call he spotted her and made a mental note that when he came back by he would offer her a lift which I was like that's very nice because he saw this young girl walking alone at midnight he came back 10 minutes later and she had vanished she was just gone it would take them a year and a half from that time to find her. And they would find her in three different pieces buried, <sighs> basically buried in Staten Island. His next victim was Virginia Clayton. She was abducted and murdered on September 8th, 1982. Her body was found three days later, four miles away from John Patrone's body where it was discovered. So like they at this point, they're like, okay, we have someone who's hunting in like an area. The next victim was Deborah Osborne. She was stabbed to death on April 8th, 1982 and she was actually buried on top of Maria's body. So like when they dug up at Richard's mom's house, that's where they found her. Oh man. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Anna was his next, which we know she was found in Asbury Park. And then William Ward was his next victim who was killed in September of 1982. So, John, remember the guy earlier who's the police informant? Mm-hmm. When they dug up his body, they found all but his jawbone. So, they at first assumed it was a mob hit like he was a rat. So, they took his jaw, but it's just this dude. And then the last known victim was Betsy Bacon. And she disappeared in November 20th of 1982. I had a little trouble finding if they actually, like, found her. But he was presumed to have killed her. So that is the story of Richard Bainwald. Oof. He should have been, I don't know, sometimes, like, a, a, it's hard to advocate to, like, lock up a child in a psychiatric facility. Mm-hmm. But if he's 11 years old, lighting himself on fire, we should probably look into that more. Yeah, no, for sure. That's, oh, Wow. <laughs> okay so we want to say a big thank you to Brittany for being one of our ten dollar patrons mm-hmm. and picking this episode it was fun to do the research because i did not know who this person was at all and i like learning new things so yes thank you if you want an episode just like Brittany's, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com backslash three spooked girls or hit the link tree in the show notes which will take you to our patreon page and Once you head over there, if you select our $10 tier, our $10 or up tier, you can pick an episode. So we will see you guys next time. Bye, guys. Bye.